Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately. Amazon is changing the way we think about TVs. Say hello to the Amazon Fire TV Omni Series, a new 4K ultra-high-definition smart TV with Dolby Vision and hands-free Alexa. This is Amazon's first hands-free TV with all your favorite Fire TV and Alexa features now in one TV. You can stream all of your favorite content, shows, music, and more. The Amazon Fire TV Omni Series is available in a variety of sizes and competitive prices in store at Best Buy or at Amazon.com. Hey, everybody, it's Sam with Wrestling Overtime, and I'm bringing to you WWE's NXT results and thoughts for February 17th. 2021 and we need to deal with the fallout from NXT's takeover Vengeance Day where the takeover itself I didn't think was extremely surprising however the end was and as tonight showed you Adam Cole has had enough of other people having his belt. Now, when you think of it, since Adam Cole's had the belt, it's been what? Um, Keith Lee, Karrion Cross, um, Finn Balor, and... Even though he tied, I mean, let's go back just a couple months. When they had that fatal four-way after Karrion Cross had to drop the belt, they had the four cornerstones of NXT in that fatal four-way. Tomasa Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, and Finn Balor. Remember, Adam Cole and Finn Balor tied. And the very next week, William Regal decided that they would have a one-on-one match to decide who became champion. Well, I don't know that Adam Cole has truly forgotten about that. He didn't get an automatic rematch after that either. And then... You have to wonder, with Kyle O'Reilly stepping up and wanting to challenge Finn Balor for the belt, and then going through that first battle that they went through where Finn Balor broke his draw three different places, had to have plates and screws put in. But then granted a rematch to Kyle O'Reilly so that they could have match number two. And they tore down the house again 
this time with Kyle O'Reilly having a draw injury, and I believe broke two teeth. Teeth. Um, I think. Um, then Pete Dunn comes, kind of jumping the line before Adam Cole can get in there. And who backs him up? His brother, his best friend of Undisputed Error, Kyle O'Reilly. And he kind of drags his other brothers from the Undisputed Error in also with Adam Cole and Roderick Strong having to go out and back up Kyle O'Reilly. So... Then Adam Cole takes a look around, realizes Pete Dunne is going to get his shot. But then Karrion Cross is also back. And he wants a shot at the belt that he never lost. So that, I mean, had to be overwhelming, frustrating, irritating. Maddening to Adam Cole that he may have to wait. I mean, yes, he faced Pete Dunne at this takeover. The next takeover is probably not to WrestleMania. Pete Dunne doesn't look like he's giving up anytime soon. Karen Cross right now is busy with Santos Escobar. And it is. Karrion Cross versus Finn Balor going to jump the line at WrestleMania's takeover instead of Finn Balor versus Adam Cole? Well, it is if WWE wants Karrion Cross up to the main roster, wants him to look good at WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, uh, definitely going to jump the line. It may be summer before Adam Cole gets his hands on Finn Balor in the championship. Or he may even be getting his hands on Karrion Cross in the championship. Well, faced with those prospects, and it being Valentine's Day weekend, why, if you're Adam Cole, wouldn't you jump the gun and attack Finn Balor? Take the opportunity. Now, him... Going after Cal O'Reilly. Is that punishment? Was he in the way? Was it a spur of the moment thing? Who knows? But has Roderick Strong, since TakeOver, been able to talk some sense into Adam Cole? That's kind of what this NXT is all about. Because they open up with, you know, who wins the men's and women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic tournaments. But didn't we all know who was going to win that? I mean, if you listen to my prediction show, I knew it, and I'm not very good at predictions. But I think everyone knew. That MSK is now the head of the tag teams. 
and that they will be going after some gold sooner rather than later, and they should be on the main roster sooner rather than later. And then I think everybody has known that they have been grooming Dakota Kai for gold for some time. We've been watching her journey, being scared of uh, Shayna Baszler, and then watching her grow and get confidence and then get Raquel Gonzalez as her enforcer, I guess, and then watching Raquel Gonzalez grow where, you know, at that last man standing match, she put on a heck of a show. It only made sense for them to win the women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classics. So, it it wasn't surprising. And then to have Johnny Gargano, Io Shirai, and Finn Balor all also retain their championships meant that nothing really changed. Now, I thought there was going to be a change. And I told you guys that. I I really did. I thought Tony Storm was going to beat Io Shirai. Could she have if it was a one-on-one? I, I don't know. Um, it looked that way. But who knows? If Io would have been totally focused on Tony Storm, who knows? So... Immediately after they kind of run through that and Beth and Wade and Vic Joseph are getting ready to weigh in. No, we see Kyle O'Reilly come down to the ring and immediately ask for a microphone. And he tore at my heartstrings. And I know a lot of you out there probably think, oh, she's nothing but a softie. I don't even know why I listen to her. Well, you listen to me because I feel like you, when he says that he spent, you know, all week trying to make sense of this, and he can't because he's shocked, he's confused, he's pissed off, he's disappointed. And he says, we were supposed to be unlike every other group that came and went in this business. And you had to go and ruin it for us. I felt that. For him to say that it was like a kick in the face, but it was really a knife in the back. That's so true. That's what I felt at that takeover. Will I remember that takeover? Mm, Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe because of MSK. But the one thing I will remember will be Adam Cole at the end. And not him kicking Finn Balor. That wasn't the shocking part. Everyone, you know, knew sooner or later Adam Cole was going to have to go back after that championship. It was him turning on Kyle O'Reilly. And you saw the shock 
on Roderick Sterling's face. I mean, and Kyle O'Reilly says what we all wanted him to say. He says, Adam Cole, you're still my brother. I want to give you the benefit of the doubt, but I need your explanation. I need you to come out here and tell me why. Well, we hear the music hit, and out comes Roderick Strong. And, of course, he says the first thing that I think that we all kind of want to hear. Well, Undisputed Era is special. And Kyle O'Reilly says it, you know. I don't care. Roderick, this doesn't have to do with you. You didn't know. And Roderick says, we both know Adam Cole, and he did what he did based off of emotion. And then Roddy says, we know Adam regrets what he did. And Kyle looks at him and shakes his head and was like, I don't need you to come out here on a peacekeeping mission. Don't get in the ring. Because I'm going to be real honest with you, I don't know who to trust anymore. He says, don't get in this ring. And he then yells again for Adam Cole, come out and tell me what on earth possessed you to do this. Only Cal again doesn't get who he wants. He gets the prince. Finn Balor comes out. And Kyle is about out of his mind. You can see he's getting frustrated. And he says, look, I'm I'm not looking for you, Finn. And Finn says, oh, I don't care. Because I'm going to tell you, you're going to have to get in line behind me to get to Adam Cole. And he said, on Sunday... You offered me your hand, and I knew I shouldn't have accepted it. Now, we see Roderick Cole stick up for his brother, his best friend, Kyle O'Reilly, and he gets in Byler's face and tells him to leave Kyle alone. Because it wasn't Kyle's fault. That Kyle didn't know what was going on. He didn't know what was going on. And then, boom. We see Pete Dunn, Oni Lorcan, and Danny Birch appear from behind the barricade and attack all three of them. And they proceed to get beat down. Referees run out, have to stop it. William Regal all of a sudden appears backstage and I think, well, he's, he's going to say something about that. No, he says that Santos Escobar sent him a message earlier, and they play it, and that Escobar says that this match will only happen on his time, so he's going home. And I'm thinking, what? You really think you're going to run from carrying a cross? 
That was my immediate reaction. I was mad because William Regal didn't want to deal with this Adam Cole situation, but they immediately turned my attention to how stupid is Escobar. But William Regal decides he's going to actually step in and talk about this one, and he says, look, the match is going to 100% happen next week. If Escobar doesn't show up, then he'll be suspended and stripped of the Cruiserweight Championship. However, in the main event tonight, O'Reilly, Balor, and Strong are going to face Pete Dunne, Lorcan, and Birch. And I was like, oh, okay. Now, do I want to see this main event? No, you guys know I don't really like six mans. Um, and should Finn Balor and Roderick Strong get along? I don't know. Um, I'm going to have to wait and see how they play this because I don't know that those two should get along. And I don't know that poor Cal O'Reilly needs to put up with being the middleman in between them. But... While I'm thinking all of this, the way comes to the ring. Because they're missing one of their people. And I'm thinking, you're just now handing out posters, flyers, whatever, uh, for Austin Theory. For those of you who didn't get to watch Vengeance Day, poor, poor Austin Theory. Oh, what, 240 pounds of him? He's probably 6'3", 6'4", 240 pounds. Um, is abducted, <laughs> or kidnapped, because he's Johnny Organo's kid, you know, um, by Dexter Loomis. And they haven't been able to find him. And so Johnny is just distraught. And I'm thinking, um, guys, you, you, you couldn't find this big guy in the last three, four days. But that's okay. Um, and Johnny decides to take a seat by the announcers because, um, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell have to wrestle. And I thought, oh, how awful is this for them <laughs> that they have to wrestle Shotsky Blackheart and Ember Moon while poor Austin Theory is lost. And that is something you have to consider. And I don't mean that mean. But they haven't portrayed um, Austin Theory as the brightest bulb, you know, in the pack. And so um, maybe Dexter Loomis has already let him go, and he can't find his way home yet. So I would be out driving around just to see, you know, if he's wandering around like a little lost puppy. But anyway, um... We get Johnny Gargano on commentary, and I'm more interested in him. I know that I shouldn't be. I should be watching the match. I should be telling you guys all about the match. I'm going to be real honest with you. I wasn't interested in the match. I'm done with Ember Moon. I'm pretty much done with Indy Hartwell. Uh, I'm almost done with Candice LeRae. I... I don't like their characters. 
Um, I I still love Johnny Gargano, and I still love Austin Theory, but I'm pretty much done with Candice LeRae. I I was on her bandwagon there for a while. Now I am fully on the Shotsky Blackwell, uh, or Blackheart, uh, bandwagon. But um, I just I can't get into this match because I'm listening to Johnny cry around about how lost he has been without um, poor Austin Theory, and and he even says, you know, he's he's one of my kids, and then. You know, there's a match going on, but we see a, a white man pull up outside the arena, and Johnny Gargano just knows that looks like Dexter Loomis's van. And, of course, Candace notices up on the board, you know, the, the big screen, uh, and she gets distracted. And I'm just like... Are they going to have a near fall right here because of this, this, you know, this van pulling up, you know? And uh, I was like, what are we doing here? You know, Candice LeRae kicks out. She immediately rolls them up. She, they, she ends up applying a submission move and, and all of this. And I'm thinking... What about the van? Can can we t- time out the match? Because I want to know about the van. And it's obvious that they're not planning to do anything about the van until this match is over. Well, on that point, I was wrong. Because they continue for, I don't know, about a minute, minute and a half. And Johnny Gargano can't stand it anymore. He has to leave the announcer's table and go check the van. The only problem is, is they send us to commercial break. And I'm thinking, are you serious? Um, as we come back, of course, they take us back to the ring. And I'm like, do not take me back to the ring. I do not care about that stupid tag team match. There's no point in it. But as we come back, we get Indy Hartwell versus Shotsky. They get the tags, and and Shotsky uh, is continuing her beatdown, basically, of Indy. And uh, then they flash over. And I'm like, okay. So we see Johnny outside trying to get into the van, and he's kind of banging and and trying to figure out how he can get in there. And he's trying to look in the windows. And, you know, they're dark. And they take us back to the stupid tag match. And I'm like, for real? We do not care about this tag match. We've got to save Austin. And uh, then we we see that, you know, Shotsky hits a face buster to Kansas. And, um, Candace tags Indy, and Gargano comes out with Austin Theory on the stage. This is now the stupidest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) It is funny. I can't help but laugh. 
but it's now the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And here's why. Now, we all know Johnny Gargano did not carry Austin Theory in. He comes out on the stage hopping because he's tied up. He's in his boxers in a t-shirt with a fanny pack. And he has a bag over his head that Johnny does not remove until he gets him on the stage. Now, how Austin Theory hopped from outside through all of that nightmare mess that we see them fight around all the time to get to the stage with a bag on his head, I I don't really know. But then we see Candace run up the ramp to hug Austin. And Indy is watching as, you know... Austin Theory is so excited that Johnny saved him that she gets rolled up by Ember Moon. And so Ember Moon and Shotsky win. But it doesn't matter because, you know, they have they have Austin Theory back. And I'm like, is this how tonight's gonna go? Is this is we go from Kyle O'Reilly doing this passionate plea and getting beat down for it by by Dunn, Lorcan, and Birch. And we end up with Austin Theory with a bag over his head. Crazy. Um, then we get a special message from Pat McAfee, who um, introduces himself as everyone's favorite wrestler. And he says that now... The whole internet wrestling community that he has been arguing with and telling that Adam Cole was a scumbag all along now finally has to listen to him because Adam Cole has let them know. And he said their hero, the internet wrestling community's hero, Adam Cole, has always been a bum. And he said, here I am, Pat McAfee, I'm still here. I'm a hero. And he says, he's on his way to the beach. And he encourages everyone to tweet, hashtag, Pat was right. Well, (laughs) Pat was right. Uh, Pat has been telling us that Adam Cole is a scumbag, and he turned out to be one. So, uh, pretty interesting there. Then we go back to Kashida, who is getting treatment, and says that he's not done with Johnny Gargano and the North American Championship, but, you know, Bronson Reed also walks in and says that he has some unfinished business with Johnny Gargano and the, the North American Championship. But Malcolm Bibbins just walks in, and I'm thinking, why is he in the training room? He's a manager, and none of his clients are in there, so I definitely didn't understand that. Uh, He said, well, Kushida, are you cleared for 
for competition, because if you are, then I know the perfect opponent for you tonight. And he asked the trainers, and the trainers say, yeah, because she just cleared, and Bivens like, okay, let's go. Then we get to see a match between Swerve Scott and Leon Ruff. This match, again, stupid, not interested in, could care less, don't like either one of them, uh, don't understand why they're on my TV. Leon Ruff ends up beating Swerve Scott, and I was like, what does Leon Ruff have on somebody in wrestling? Does he have pictures? Does he have video? Does he have an alarming tape? What on earth does Leon Ruff have on somebody in wrestling that he keeps scoring these wins that are absolutely unbelievable? Well, I'm kind of happy. Swerve Scott, sir, I can't talk. Swerve Scott actually does something good. He pulls a swerve. He uh, goes to give Leon a hug and drops him with a right hook. Then ground and pounds him and then throws him into the buckles. And I was like, yeah, Swerve Scott is now a heel. I mean, how much more fun can you get? Well, NXT decided to make it even more fun. They're going to give us Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter versus Aaliyah and Jesse Camilla. And I'm thinking, what? Why? I don't want to see that. This is the third match in a row that I haven't wanted to see, that I haven't cared less about. Because I know what's going to happen. A boring tag team match, but we're somehow going to get um, Zaya Lee and Boa to come out there. Well, that's exactly what happens. Now, they let Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter win first, if any of you are keeping track. But, Zali comes out, and of course Caden and Casey run to her, and she grabs Casey Catanzaro by the wrist and marks her with two fingers by putting two black lines on her. And then Zaya looks at Casey and says she will purge her. And I was like, purge her? What? Who are you working for? The Fiend? What do you want to do? And I think that's one of the reasons why I don't get into this story. This is running along the same mystical lines, almost as the fiend. And I, I get enough of that on Raw. I don't, I don't need to see it a day later on NXT. So, um, 
we see Malcolm Bivens with Tyler Rust, and I mean, all of you guys know that that's who Kushida was going to face, and I was like, whatever. I do catch that Malcolm Bivens is saying something about Kushida doesn't have any ambition or the talent of Tyler Rust, and I was like, what? Um, are you drunk? And then I thought, did Vince McMahon write that? Because only Vince McMahon would think that about Kushida, that he doesn't have the talent of Tyler Rust. I was like, what? Then we get the feel-good moment of the day, or the night, I guess. Beth Phoenix is in the ring with the, they keep calling it a dusty cup. And I guess it is, since it's on top of the trophy. But, you know, when I think of a cup, I think of the Stanley Cup that you can carry around and drink out of and have all kinds of craziness with, or the Opera Cup that MLW has, or something like that. The Dusty Cup is actually bolted on to the trophy so that you can't go have any fun with it. But they bring out MSK. You can actually see how young and excited they are, how they are just energetic, how they are just absolutely teetotally excited to be there. And they hug Beth. Um, I think they would have picked her up and swung her around if they thought they could get away with it. They talked about how thankful they were and how this was their dream and how they can't wait to step in the ring with Birch and Lorcan and how it'll feel when they actually win the tag team titles. And then Beth says, well, help me uh, congratulate the women. And, well, needless to say, Dakota Kai... And Raquel Gonzalez aren't as bouncy, energetic, and thankful as MSK. Um, they basically think that they were the best team in the tournament and that they deserved it. Luckily, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler come down the ramp. And I was like, hmm, okay, what about this, you know? And you look over, and the camera pans over to MSK, and they're sitting on the ropes with their popcorn, eating and sharing it with Beth. As they're watching this confrontation go down, and Shayna Baszler just lays into them about how they're going to be on the wrong side of history now. That they got lucky they were on the right side of history where they were the first women to win the cup. But going against her and Nia, not going to be so um, historic. And Dakota goes ahead and introduces Raquel to Shayna and Nia. I didn't realize that Dakota Kai was already there when Nia was. 
I knew she'd been there a while, and I've said that on other episodes, but I did not realize she had been there quite that long. And, um, you know, Raquel makes the comment that, oh, are you the Shayna Baszler that ran away and went up to the main roster went after uh, Rhea Ripley beat your ass because, you know, I beat Rhea. And I was like, oh, okay. And Baszler says, um, are you the same Dakota Kai whose arm I broke? And Dakai says, no, I'm happily uh, kicked your head off in order to prove I'm not the same one. Well, Nia tells them to simmer down. And I was like, what? And they um, end up making fun of Nia Jax's hole again. And finally, they cut away as the tag team champions walk away. And we see Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly arguing in the parking lot. And I was like, that's great. That's that's real great. We then get the music video for Cameron Grimes. And um, he ends it by crashing the Lamborghini. Um, just craziness. Um, then they show what happened after Vengeance Day. Io Shirai was having pictures taken, showing that she was still the champion. And Tony Storm attacked her and left her laying. Then we get the Kushida, Tyler Rust, I keep wanting to call him Rust Tyler, uh, Tyler Rust and Malcolm Bivens match. And this match, I will tell you, is way too long. Um, Kushida ends up getting him in a submission. Rust refuses to tap, so Bivens has to quit for him. So Kushida actually wins. Um... Tyler Russ goes over and asks Ma- Malcolm Bivens, what are you doing? And Malcolm Bivens said, you know, he was going to break your arm. I have to protect my investment. And so I, I had to throw in the towel for you, basically. We see Kashida posing on top of it. Then we re-see the video of L.A. Knight debuting at... Uh, NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day. If you guys did not see this debut, um, him basically just cutting a promo. Don't know who LA Knight is. You're, you're saying LA Knight? Who? Um, Eli Drake. That's who. <laughs> it's Eli Drake. He has now came to, um, NXT and he said, um, that it's his game now, and I was like, is that going to be your catchphrase, it's your game now? We then get Zoe Stark um, 
and I don't remember what her independent name is. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, I know I should know it. Against Valentina Feroza. Um, Zoe Stark is supposed to be the next big thing, though, uh, in women's wrestling. Uh, Shawn Michaels has been very impressed with her. Um, she starts with the new training class. I think they start next week or week after. But he has been very impressed with her and uh, thinks that she will go far. Of course, she ends up winning this match, uh, her, it being her debut match. Then we get to go to Karrion Cross and Scarlet, which I'm actually interested in because Scarlet shows cards and they show the replay of when Santos Escobar found the card she left laying in his locker. And Scarlet said, Oscar. Escobar should not be playing any games. He doesn't have the power to play with time, and there is no pause button on this nightmare. Then you see Karrion Cross step up and kind of stick his head kind of around her, and he says, your destiny has already been decided. There's no going back. You have two options. Show up and fight. And I'll put you down. Or option two, don't show up. And I'll find you and show you the hard way out. TikTok. And I was like, yeah, um, that's pretty much what I expected. If Escobar did not expect that, oh, feel sorry for him. Because he should have known. He has now made Karrion Cross a little upset, and he shouldn't have done that. Then we get the main event match of Pete Dunne, Lorcan and Birch versus Finn Balor and O'Reilly and Strong. This was pretty back and forth. It was actually, gosh, a two commercial break, I think. Match, I think they left about 15-20 minutes for this match. And it almost was really Finn Balor and Pete Dunne going at it again. Um, Yes, O'Reilly and Strong were in. And yes, Lorcan and Birch were in. But the big moves, the you got to see Finn Balor do the 1916. You got to see Pete Dunne do the better end. You... Um, got to see a sling blade. You, I mean, you got to see a lot of their bigger moves. And you also, um, the whole, I'd say probably the last three to five minutes of the match is Finn Balor and Pete Dunne. And you see Balor hit his running, uh, drop kick. And, Balor goes to the top rope. You know he's getting ready to do the coup de gras, And Adam Cole appears. He shoves Balor off the ropes into the referee. Adam Cole then goes around and meets Kyle O'Reilly at ringside. 
and super kicks him. And that's how you know Sunday was not a spur of the moment, um, an emotional thing like Roderick Strong was saying. He did it again. Then Adam Cole lifted Kyle O'Reilly and hit a brain buster on the steel steps on Kyle O'Reilly. Roderick Strong um, ran in, knocked Birch out of the ring, and tried to help Finn Balor up to get him out of the ring. But Finn did not know who it was, so he hits his payload kick. But Pete Dunne, who is still a legal man, grabs Finn, hits the bitter end, and goes for the win. Then Dunn, Lorkin, and Birch are smirking and smiling going up the ramp. As you see Finn kind of slowly trying to get his wits about him, um, get to his feet, grabs his NXT championship, and looks at the referee who is trying to get Kyle O'Reilly with it. Um, at ringside as he's been bounced off the steps. Fowler then turns around and meets Adam Cole's foot as Adam Cole super kicks him. Then Cole picks up his NXT championship and they end the show with him posing with the belt. They don't show Roderick Strong. Then, immediately after, if you were on Twitter, immediately after, (coughs) excuse me, fans who were watching the show from the virtual boards and people start reporting Kyle O'Reilly is really hurt that he possibly may have even had a seizure that they are taking him out on a stretcher that um, he's going to be going to the hospital and all of that you start seeing um, some internet magazines you know saying reporting that Kyle O'Reilly may be on his way to the hospital you even see, you know, fans saying, gee, I hope Kyle O'Reilly's okay. My thoughts and prayers are with him. Now, if you stayed up long enough that night, which I did um, because I was doing different shows and stuff like that, writing new news and thoughts and, and, and all of that, then you eventually found out, no, it it was a work. He's fine. Um, you know, he was backstage. He was conscious. He was coherent. He's fine. And so that made pretty much everyone in the wrestling community, I think, feel better. 
But um, I know for half an hour, 45 minutes or so, maybe an hour after the show went off, there were a lot of people that were expressing a lot of worry on Twitter about Cal O'Reilly. So I didn't want to leave you guys hanging. Uh, I know back in the old days that would have been the cliffhanger thing. Oh, tune in tomorrow to News and Thoughts to find out if Cal O'Reilly's hurt or if he's fine or whatever. No, I won't do that to you guys. I, I, I will tell you if I know, and I do, he's, he's fine. So as always, if you guys have any questions, comments, problems, or protests, let me know. Write me at wrestlingovertime at gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at wrestlingovertime. Um, and I will be doing AEW Dynamite and then giving you uh, news and thoughts very, very soon. So I hope that you guys just bear with me as I get caught up. I got uh, too many shows and too much wrestling going on. As always, I look forward to talking to you guys soon and seeing you down the road. Shop on eBay this holiday season to get more for your dough on stand mixers Mm. or get more for your buck on this season's hottest tech and gaming gear. And on eBay, you can even get more (gasps) bling for less cha-ching on jewelry. You can get more because you save more on premium brands with eBay's exclusive deals. Get more when you get it on eBay. For the ones who are always in the know. For the ones who keep things running. For the innovators and the problem solvers. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, experienced staff at local branches, and free access to experts to help answer your toughest questions. So whatever challenge you face, we have the knowledge and products to help. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.